Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com, and I love doing this podcast because I want to teach you everything about detoxification, the dangers of metals and chemicals in our environment, and what you can do about to take control of your health and take your life and your health back through the power of detox. I love doing these podcasts every week. And this week, I have my friend Ronnie Landis on the show. He's such a great guy. He's so educated. He's so well-spoken. And he's going to be talking to us today about how mental clarity, neurotransmitters, and hormones are affected by gut health, by the gut microbiome, um, how to detox glyphosate. Uh, there's not a lot of information on the internet about how to detox glyphosate. I did a podcast with Dr. Stephanie Seneff about this, one of the top researchers on glyphosate, and that glyphosate pervades our existence and our environment. Our neighbors are spraying it on their weeds. It's called Roundup Ready Weed Killer. Uh, it's sprayed on all the non-organic vegetables. It's still sprayed on some organic vegetables if they just happen to be in the pathway next to a farm that's spraying glyphosate. And it's sprayed in all our city parks. And so it's just pervasive in our environment and in our body's tissues. We need to be aware of it and how to detox it from our body. And Ronnie provides a great explanation of what to do in today's podcast. He also talks about a a revolutionary product shown to reduce glyphosate levels in your gut by over 70%. So really, really interesting show today. And I'm so excited to bring you my supplement line, the Myers Detox supplement line, most notably the mitochondria detox. It's something I've been talking about for years that I've uh, done research uh, in conjunction with Dr. Bruce Jones about specific metals that affect our energy levels, that affect our mitochondria's ability to produce energy. Our mitochondria, those little powerhouses in our cells that make our ATP or our energy. And there are certain metals like like arsenic, aluminum, tin, thallium, and cesium that interfere in various ways in the enzymes uh, that bring nutrients into our mitochondria so that they can then produce ATP. And so a lot of these metals are, are pervasive in our environment, in our food, our air, food, and water. They get into our tissues and they build up slowly over time. So people might not be acutely toxic in them, but they have these chronic levels, these, these low levels in their body that are interfering and their body's energy production. It's one of the reasons everyone's addicted to coffee and so many people are tired. So many people are depressed. They can't heal their body. They they become more susceptible to illness. They don't have the energy to sleep, the energy to heal their body. And it's this huge, huge problem. And it's something that after working with thousands of people, I, I realized that the number one complaint is fatigue. And it was my number one complaint. So I wanted to really focus in on what is causing that for people. And that's why I developed the mitochondria detox three-step simple system to help to address fatigue and remove these toxins that are contributing to fatigue and for sure chronic fatigue syndrome. So check that out at mitochondriadetox.com for more information. My guest today, Ronnie Landis, um, he is a leading expert in holistic health, natural nutrition, and human potential. And he helps people all the way from driven entrepreneurs, athletes, visionary artists, actors and actresses, intuitive healers, all the way to stay at, uh, stay-at-home moms and dads to perform their best mentally, emotionally, and physically. Ronnie's work ranges from exploring the fringes of cutting-edge health sciences, food-based nutrition, innovative supplementation strategies, and a deep passion for helping people overcome long-held mental and emotional roadblocks so they can experience every area of their life at their full potential. Ronnie is a public speaker and teacher, a published author of multiple books, host of two popular podcasts, a transformation and peak performance coach, and above all else, a man who deeply values life and has devoted his life to uplifting and inspiring the lives of as many people as he can reach through his mission, his work, and his mission. I can attest to that. He's a fantastic guy. Ronnie, thanks so much for coming on the show. Ronnie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, so I hung out with you at the Bulletproof Conference last year, and I've been on your podcast, and I consider you a really good friend. We had a lot of fun at the Bulletproof Conference, and we're hanging out with Robert Marking that makes a Pure Harmony pendant. Uh, but t- tell us your story. So you're in the health world. 
Um, you're an amazing speaker, an amazing writer about mm. health. Tell us your story and how you got into health. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Um, so basically, I know we I know we did an interview a while back. Um, so I told I talked definitely a little bit about my story. So I'll keep it I'll keep it short. I basically was um, a long time. Uh, athlete, elite athlete, martial artist, basketball player. I had paralleling um, potential careers in both of those sports. And I basically had a knee injury when I was 18 years old, which was my first introduction into this idea that my body wasn't going to last forever, um, you know, in terms of the, the performance and how I had accustomed myself to my concept of health, I didn't really know the difference between health and fitness and performance. And I realized like there is a fundamental difference. And just because you're really fit and you can perform at a high level physically, doesn't actually mean you're healthy. And at some point, the the straw will break the final straw that breaks the camel's back that that's kind of what started to happen to me. I had a lot of wear and tear and, and scar tissue and inflammation and through getting my knee operated on I had to go into rehabilitation and corrective, um, corrective rehab, and um, that really is what introduced me into a more holistic health model. And then eventually I got into natural food and natural nutrition because I realized that what I put in my mouth probably is affecting my body in some way. Yeah. That, that may, you know, yeah. like that, that makes some kind of sense. And so I just started getting deeper into it. And one thing led to another over a course of a couple of years. And I started to heal my knees. I started to heal like this chronic nagging little inflammation and joint issues and muscular um, uh, muscular kind of discomfort from all the overtraining, the lack of recovery. And it just kind of took a life of its own. And then um, at some point, I really realized that this was going to become something really, really important in my life, not just for my own benefit, but there was some kind of inspiration coming through me that that because I had my own breakthrough and my own awareness around it, I started to realize that most people are walking around with some kind of discomfort, some kind of physical immobility, some kind of digestive issue, some kind of hormone imbalance, some kind of potentially degenerative neurological condition that's like a time bomb just waiting to strike. And uh, I just kind of got sobered up about the reality of the world we live in and our agricultural system, the contamination of our food supply, factory farming, uh, you know, GMOs, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, that just led me down a never-ending corridor of possibilities in terms of like, what are the possibilities for me if I start to actually treat myself like I love myself? Meaning yeah. that if I had a child and I love my child and I want to be a true like paternal figure, then I'm probably going to do everything I can to ensure that the development of my child is intact, that they have the best opportunity possible, that, that they are putting the right things or I'm putting the right things into their body. And I started to realize, well, I probably need to do the same thing with myself. I probably need to paternal, have a paternal um, aspect of my own being because I can't rely on my parents or my grandparents or the, the authorities around me to take care of it for me, obviously. That's not happening anyway. So I really realized like it's up to me to take my care of myself and actually organize a lifestyle that reflects that I actually love myself, that I respect myself, that I have enough self-esteem to invest in organic food, to actually take my health seriously because I realized that if I break down and if my health breaks down, then I'm really no, I'm of no earthly good to to anybody really um and that's what i started to notice um you know in the spiritual community because i've been in the personal development field for you know many many years i i feel like i was almost raised in that industry kind of indirectly and as i started to wake up and, and start to look at health as a focus then i realized like wow there's a lot of inspiring people out there but a lot of them are really unhealthy and they're kind of masking this like personal development thing and this transformation thing um, they're masking, they're using it as kind of a mask or, an, or a bypass to bypass their own body and to, to, to continue doing things and creating little habits and cravings and patterns that aren't necessarily in alignment with what they're teaching. However, the transformational talk 
as amazing as it is, it was like, I just realized that, whoa, we have some serious misalignments here. And um, I wanted to lend my myself to that industry in the beginning. It was actually about, um, you know, creating more of a holistic and real transformation through integrating nutrition and lifestyle into the personal development industry. And then after that, it just like, I just realized like, wow, this is, this is for everybody. I want to reach everybody I can with this message. And um, that was about maybe 10 years ago that I started out on this path as a professional nutritionist and an educator. And, uh, you know, it's definitely taken a life of its own. It's taken me in places I did not ever expect and, and collaborating with amazing people like yourself. Um, it's literally taken me all over the world. I, I would not have gone to the places I've gone to. I wouldn't know the people that are some of the closest people in my life if I didn't drink that first green juice, because that's, that's what did it for me. It was the first green juice was the, was the thing. And then um, everything followed from there. Yeah, exactly. I know when I, for me, it was really starting about detoxification and doing a hair mineral analysis and something just clicked in my brain and um, I wanted to start a website and about health. So there's a lot of talk these days about the microbiome. So that's what we're going to be talking about today on the show and how important the microbiome is for our overall health. And most people, you know, they only think of it as the balance of beneficial bacteria in their gut and then it may aid digestion, but you speak of it as encompassing the entire human body and affecting all functions of health. Can you explain in detail what exactly the microbiome is and what do people need to know to ensure that they maintain a healthy biome or healthy gut bacteria? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, that's a great opening question. And, uh, you know, so, so a lot of my work has definitely led into this place where I think a lot of us are is looking at this, this, this idea of the microbiome as a symbiotic kind of function of the body's holistic system. What does that mean? Well, basically, in microbiome research, most people that are aware of the microbiome are aware of like digestion. So they know that, okay, like I need probiotics and I need fermented foods and I need to have a healthy microbiome because it aids in digestion. And that's obviously that's a huge part of it. But the microbiome, I want people to think about the microbiome as is, is something that encompasses the whole system of the body. So basically what that means is every single function of your body, whether it's your endocrine system, it's your cardiovascular system, it's, it's your detoxification pathways, um, you know, uh, it's your nervous system and your immune system, and it's your joints and your ligaments and, and all that kind of stuff. All of that is largely, what we're finding is it's largely affected and influenced by what we call the microbiome, the easiest way to explain that is the, the um, what, what's called a biosis or dysbiosis, which a dysbiosis is the imbalance of beneficial to not beneficial bacteria. And, um, you know, that's why we have this whole idea of antibiotics, which is a relatively new concept, by the way, in our Western civilization, pharmaceutical antibiotics, it hasn't been around that long. You know, after World War One, I, I believe, they started implementing pharmaceutical antibiotics because they found that colloidal silver, which was the, the um, original antibiotic, was so effective as an antipathogen um, in, in reducing infectious, uh, you know, from wounds and stuff, infections from wounds. They actually, but they couldn't patent it. So they basically came in and uh, kind of hijacked that and then told the colloidal silver people that, hey, look, we're going to take over now. You are no longer allowed to prescribe this or, or market it as an antibiotic. It's just a mineral supplement. That's all it is. And then that's kind of how the antibiotic whole thing came in. And this is such an important um kind of sobriety, I think, that we all need to come to in our civilization is that what that has created, and also from the, the pasteurization, I'm going to kind of take the, go back and bring it up to date, the, the pasteurization concept from the scientist Louis Pasteur, that's where we get this idea of pasteurization, like pasteurized milk, pasteurized coconut water, um, you know, pasteurized water, really, now that, you know, with, with all the different treatment methods and sterilization methods, well, all these theories um, have all come about because of this neurosis and this phobia of 
microbes, right? The whole pasteurization concept came because Louis Pasteur was convinced that disease was because of infectious organisms and it was all based in infection. So you had to sterilize everything. Like your environment is basically out to get you. And it's, it's, um, you know, it, it's, um, it's interesting. Um, how do I say it's like your environment is not symbiotic with your inner environment. Therefore you need to protect yourself from nature. You need to protect yourself from the environment. So what do we do? We, we box ourselves in, in these boxes called homes, which somehow mimic the natural environment. We have artificial <laughs> light, which mimics sunlight. We have like air conditioning, which is supposed to mimic like the atmosphere and actual breathe, actual air. Um, we have a carpet floor, which keeps us ungrounded. Right. And then, um, uh, then we have like artificial heating, which is, you know, you, you get where I'm going. Like the, the elements of nature have been replaced by artificial, um, artificial surroundings. And so the human being in modern time is so dislocated from the natural environment. It's actually created a dislocation in their inner ecosystem. And that's how I like people to think about this is that um, the microbiome is actually it's your inner ecosystem. It's your biological garden. And so when you think about that, it starts to change from just the superficial idea of like, oh, well, uh, I'm just going to take, um, uh, I'm just going to take a probiotic, right? And then that, that'll solve it. That's, you know, this is a long, this can be a long drawn out kind of explanation, but that's not, it's not that simple because basically we have compromised through the generations, through generational epigenetic, um, you know, um, programming, if you will, we've actually in C-sections and antibiotics and the lack of breastfeeding and all the stuff that goes on vaccines. Um, we've basically created a compromised microbiome that needs to be re refertilized. The garden has been damaged. Now, the good news is that we can repopulate our biological garden with the right nutrients, the right substances like the fulvic acids and the humic acids in the right strains of probiotics, in particular probiotic spores that can start to re-cultivate um, that garden and we can water the garden, et cetera, et cetera. I like people to think of it like an inner ecosystem because as we connect to the outer ecosystem, the, the sun, the earth, get grounded on bare, barefoot to the earth, breathing in natural air and, um, you know, getting sunlight and getting into bodies of water and things of that nature, tuning up our diet, having more of a natural diet. Something interesting happens is that our inner ecosystem starts to respond biologically to our connection to the outer ecosystem. So when people think like, oh, I'm just going to be in my normal kind of like civilized city environment that may be the most dangerous place you could find yourself realistically that in a hospital um, because it's so sterilized. You're constantly being, there's constant sterilization. What ends up happening is that the microorganisms that are informing your biology that are, that are catalyzing hormone signals, hormone communication um, in neurological and neurotransmitters um, that all gets kind of disrupted is there's a there's a fundamental disconnection from the bio the our biology which is connected to the sun which is the lunar cycles of the moon and the 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 photon signaling of the sun when we're we get that that sun penetrating our bare skin um etc cetera, etc cetera. one of the things that just came up in my mind i thought was really important that that not many people know about is that when you think about your hormones this is a huge subject i think this is what we talked about in our last interview hormone balance um, when you think about hormones, that's a pretty interesting um, conversation because what we found out in microbiome research is that there's a subset of your microbiome called the estrobilome. And the estrobilome is basically a subset that, that affects estrogen metabolism based on the strains of bacteria that are present in your, your body, essentially. Wow. We found, and we sound like through Sean Stevenson, I think a mutual friend, I think, and a colleague, he, he wrote the book Sleep Smarter. And one of the things he brought up is that the, your quality of sleep is affected and does affect the particular strains of bacteria that are present in your microbiome or not. And wow. so, when I, so when I think of the microbiome, it's almost hard to linearly explain 
it because there's so many um, moving pieces and I don't want to compartmentalize them too much, but I do want to kind of illuminate this idea that your microbiome is a massive, it's almost its own organism within your, 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 um, your physical body. So for example, there's a microbiome on your skin, right? This is one of the big reasons, again, I'm harping on this getting connected to nature piece, because when, when you connect to nature and you connect to the sun, and those photon rays get impregnated on your skin, it creates this chemical reaction that feeds those organisms, right? And it actually, the best, the best way to um, disinfect invasive organisms or harmful organisms, um, topically speaking, is actually getting sun. You know, one of the best anti-candida methods going is sunlight. That's, that's a huge just insight right there. And um, we do know candida um, obviously is a byproduct of having an imbalanced, um, you know, bacterial colony. So anyways, so if you're sterilizing, topically sterilizing your skin, putting all these like these, you know, sterilizing cosmetic um, ointments or whatever, whatever people do. I'm so out of touch actually with all that, that I don't like, you know, the dermatology and cosmetic industry, whatever they're proposing. I, I'm so out of touch with that. But now I'm, I'm like, yeah, this is what most people are doing. Most people are sterilizing their outer environment without realizing that your skin is the largest elimination organ of your body external to your body it's like it's it's like it's basically a you're basically a skin covered petri dish if you yeah. want to think of it that way <laughs> exactly yeah so i mean you know this uh, maybe you want to kind of rein me in a little bit and get a little more a little more specific no i love hearing you talk you you have so many interesting stories and tangents and things like, oh, that's why you have a, your own podcast uh you have a lot of knowledge you want to share uh, let's talk a little bit about the brain and mm -hmm. our state of mental clarity and how that's affected by a compromised micro microbiome a lot of people suffer from brain fog and they don't really know why they just think they're getting older or something's going on with them What's really happening? Uh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, you know, one of the things when we look at, when we look at neurological health, we look at neurotransmitter balance and imbalances. Um, again, neurotransmitters are like brain hormones. So for example, our dopaminergic, our serotonergic, our um, cholinergic and our gabinergic system, um, melatonin and, and things of this nature. These are all what we call neurotransmitters. They're basically like brain hormones. And these neurotransmitters require building blocks in order to fire in the brain. Um, so for example, those building blocks are typically amino acids. And I think this is something that might come up a little later in the talk. Um, and amino acids are the individual um, components that make what we call protein, right? So a lot of people are on these high protein diets, but they don't really understand, first of all, what is protein even for? Why am I eating gargantuous amounts of like protein? What am I doing that for? And then what is it I'm really after? Well, really what you want is amino acids. This is why amino acid therapy has been so powerful. One of the most incredible things for me, just on a side note, has been free-form amino acid therapy. I just want to put that out there because those are the building blocks for your neurotransmitters. Now, an interesting thing we've also discovered is that certain, um, certain transmitters like serotonin, the old idea like in psychiatry, the old idea is that it's just a byproduct of the brain, the physical brain. So like serotonin is just, is just being stimulated based on what's going on up here. What we realize now through microbiome research is that 80 to 90%, maybe more of your serotonin production is generated from what we call the ENS, the enteric nervous system, which is categorized as your second brain. So if people have heard this idea of the gut-brain connection, that's a profound discovery. I think my, my colleague Donna Gates really turned me on to that maybe five or six years ago. It's like, do you know about the ENS? Like, oh yeah, that, that's like, the, your, your enteric nervous system has something like 500 million or something neurons or, or 500 million more neurons than your spinal cord. I have to go back and look at the exact number. I don't think we even really know. How do you really, how do you come to that number? But basically the idea is that there's a massive amount of neurological activity that's happening in your gut far more than is happening in your your um, traditional nervous system, like the, the central nervous system or 
um, the parasympathetic or sympathetic nervous system. So for example, one thing I want to point out is this, is when we think of things like intuition, when we think of things like gut instinct, there is a, there's a term called guttural intelligence. Now, a lot of this has kind of been esoteric. It's been more kind of like, listen to your intuition, but people are up in their head listening to their intuition, which is just like kind of like listening to the voices in your head, trying to make a decision about something in your life. And there's like, you know what I mean? It's like people are kind of in their head about it. But true intuition is a gut instinct. It's not even an emotional instinct. That's a whole different subject. It's actually a feeling that you get in your gut, right? Like, why do we do anything? Why do we take big risks in our life? Why do we make big life changes that may not be logical, but we get a feeling? Do we have a gut feeling? Well, I'm going to uh, suggest that the guttural intelligence, which is also, in my opinion, true intuition, is based on microbiotic um, intelligence. Mm, yes. it's, it's based on the health of your microbiome. And I know this for sure, because when you do look at the nervous system and the, the compartments of it, if you take like the sympathetic stress response, for example, why are people so stressed out? Is it just emotional stress? Is it just psychological stress? Is it just existential kind of like crisis of like, oh, I had a midlife crisis. I don't know what I'm doing. What's my purpose? I don't think it's just that. I think it is biological, hormonally, like, um, and, and physically driven. And that stress response, that chronic stress response where people get locked into a hypersympathetic state and they can't quite get out of it, but they're trying all the willpower and the personal development and the, the tapping and like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be neurotic, although I'm kind of you know, it's kind of, kind of, I'm kind of <laughs> helpless. Um, you know, I, I found that when people, when people tune up their diet, but not just that's kind of general, when people specifically get off the food allergies that are antagonizing the gut lining, creating leaky gut that are antagonizing the, the, the microbiome itself, um, they, they start to clean out the, the certain compounds that are creating agitation. They get off the five main food allergies, um, wheat, corn, dairy, soy, and refined sugar. Um, and then there's obviously subsets of those. But I found when people, children in particular, when they get off those things, especially the, the dairy and the corn, and, or the dairy and the, um, the soy and the wheat, their entire their entire personality their entire behavioral issues the add and all that starts to clear up almost across the board and so i find that really interesting you know just coming back to this whole idea of the microbiome um you know because it's really like our our brain chemistry our ability to focus our ability to be in that that serotonin gabinergic kind of like ease and grace that everybody wants to feel um it's it's very challenging to actually get into that state if you have a compromised nervous system, if you have a compromised microbiome. So, um, you know, this could kind of like, I feel like this could go into a number of different tangentials. One more thing I would say about that too, in regards to the point I'm making is that what we found out is that 80 to 90% of your immune response is dictated in your microbiome as well. That's really important. Thinking yeah. about food allergies in general, what happens when somebody has, um, they have, they put something in their body that it, it creates, it creates like an allergenic response, right? And then there's certain proteins, um, you know, leukocytes and cytokines that are produced that are basically like inflammatory, inflammatory components. They're, they're creating inflammation to protect the body essentially um, similar to like cancer, cancer isn't in and of itself the problem. It's actually a response trying to buffer the real problem, which is some form of toxicity or an infection. And if it didn't, if it didn't buffer in the form of like a, a cancer, like a protein coating or, or a tumor, then they would actually create more of a systemic issue, right? So it's kind of a similar thing now. Um, so anyways, long story short, you can kind of derive from all this that our microbiome, and let's just say our digestive environment, our, where most of the microbiome is in the small intestine, um, 
where it makes the most difference, kind of what we're talking about here. If you get that tuned up, and you can start repopulating and refertilizing and recultivating your biological garden, what's going to happen is that your immune system is going to start coming back online. The intelligence of your innate immune system and your adaptive immune system is going to start to come back online. You're going to start to notice there's this like, you just don't get sick like you used to. If you're getting sick and you're getting the common cold and that kind of thing, I want you to skip over this idea of like, oh, my immune system's down. And I want you to kind of take another step and think, oh, maybe my microbiome is compromised, right? And start to look a little bit deeper there. Um, if, if you have brain fog, right? We know this with candida. Like I, I, it's called, you know, one of the things I talk about is candida consciousness. And basically that's where almost like your consciousness gets pirated by some kind of energy that won't that has incessant cravings and is constantly reaching out of itself to put things in your mouth that you consciously know are not good for you like those food allergens there is a phenomenon where people get addicted to food that they're actually allergic to and i thought for a while like why is that what's that about and i realized that when we do have a compromised microbiome when we do have a dysbiosis the the um, opportunistic organisms like yeast, mold, fungus, parasites, viruses, etc. Um, those those organisms are actually intelligent, sentient beings of themselves. They may be microscopic. They may, may be nano sized. Um, however, they are living beings with their own agenda, and their agenda essentially is to use a host as a remote control for their own fuel supply. So, if you're wondering why you have sugar cravings, you're wondering why you have, um, you know, um, you have this allergy, this wheat allergy, or this dairy allergy, but you can't stop. You can't, you kind of have, you kind of have this thing where you, it's a love hate relationship with it. I want you to consider that there may be an underlining, um, an underlining um, uh, infection of some sort. And then we, what we need to do, obviously I can't prescribe anything. And this is, you know, this is very general. I'm just speaking generally, but, um, you really need to focus on the garden itself, the inner ecosystem. And in, in closing on that thought, it really comes down to terrain modification. It's because if you just think about like the traditional Western approach is that, okay, there's an infectious organism, there's a bacterial infection, a viral infection. We need to drop a nuke on that in order to stop the infection, right? And that makes sense in linear, linear logic. However, the body is infinitely more dynamic. It's infinitely more complex. And, and we, you know, I don't need to drill that point too much, but if we only focus on sterilizing, if we only focus on killing the bad guys, killing the bugs, then it actually creates a metabolic problem. It creates a dysregulation of our own biochemistry and ultimately will um, create a further systemic issue within within the microbiome itself. And um, these infections, um, you call it H. pylori or nanobacteria like calcium-forming organisms, um, Lyme, um, Borrelia, et cetera, et cetera, all these things. Um, my, my personal opinion is all of them have a root cause of one form or another, which is a compromised microbiome. And if we don't terrain modify our inner ecosystem, meaning that instead of focusing on kill, 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 poison, 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 cut, 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 burn, 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 is a very aggressive, hyper-masculine approach, then, and, and then we just take care of ourselves. We, we put in the foods that, that agree with us and serve us right then, right? Um, we take whatever necessary supplements like probiotics or prebiotics, um, we drink the best quality water. We think the best thoughts ever. We really take care of our heart and our emotions. We learn to love ourselves. We get out of toxic relationships. We get connected with the biosphere, meaning our outer environment. And we start actually acting like holistic and, and you know, um, uh, what's the word? Like um, getting more of a natural human experience is kind of what I'm saying. And getting out into nature and putting your hands in the dirt and getting on the sand and getting just doing the things that we love to do when we were kids 
and acting like natural human beings, that whole process is terrain modification. And the idea behind that is as we modify the inner ecosystem, it starts to take care of itself. The immune system's innate intelligence starts to come back online. Your liver, which can actually regenerate itself, um, hepatogenesis is the, is the term I came across recently, where your, your liver actually regenerates liver cells, even if it's down to 10% functionality, your liver can regenerate itself. And it will do so if, you, if it works holistically. So again, um, I think I'm kind of driving the point a few times that the microbiome, in my opinion, is the governing system of every other function in the body. And if that gets compromised, then um, it doesn't matter how much we compartmentalize the body in terms of like, let me stimulate the immune system. Let me do hormone balance. Let me, let me, let me focus on the brain. Um, you can't individuate the body as a whole. You actually have to work with it as a harmonic symphony. Yeah. And the microbiome is the foundation. We, we need to work on that first. And one of the biggest threats to our microbiome is glyphosate, the GMO Roundup Ready Monsanto monstrosity known as glyphosate. And so can you explain to the listeners what exactly is glyphosate and what are some of the damaging effects that it has on our health? Because it's just, uh, it was created as an antibiotic, correct? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I'm glad you brought this up. This is something that I've been diving into more seriously over the last six or eight months, really realizing that the silent epidemic, um, toxicologically speaking in our world is glyphosate. Obviously, there's a lot of other things we could talk about. But for me personally, I realized that the glyphosate epidemic is um, one of the biggest environmental catastrophes of our time. And it's something that is unavoidable in our food supply. You know, first, first of all, what is glyphosate? Well, glyphosate is a glycine monomer, um, phosphonomethylglycine is what it's technically called. And basically, it's a glycine analog. It's, you know, glycine is one of the essential amino acids. And if your body is deficient in glycine, then there's going to be a receptor site in the body that's void. And one of the things that's really important to understand about environmental toxins, this also, we could talk about like radioactive iodine, radioactive zinc, radioactive um, minerals in general, um, and how that affects the thyroid and uh, different things, is that your, um, your body has particular receptor sites for certain nutrients, minerals, amino acids, et cetera. And if those, if those receptor sites are unfulfilled, meaning that they're not filled with the authentic compound, your body will receive an environmental um, toxin potentially like radioactive iodine or chlorine or bromine or fluoride, which are all halogens. Um, and they're very similar to iodine. If your body has a void in that receptor, it will attract and plug in a mimicking compound. This is called the toxic mimic. And it will, it will take that in because it has enough of a frequency in a molecular structure signature to fit into the void. And so the same thing with, with glycine, you know, and glyphosate, like if you have a, glyph a glycine or an amino acid deficiency, then what's the next step up? Well, it probably is going to be something that mimics that, like an analog. We've heard about B12 analogs, for example. Um, it's a compound that essentially will fit into the receptor, but it's going to actually, um, once it does, it's going to block the authentic compound being glycine from actually being received by the body. That's only one thing. That's just one part of it. That's what glyphosate, chemically speaking, is. Now, what, what, is, the, what is the danger of glyphosate? Well, if you want to really go deep into that, I recommend you study the work of Dr. Zach Bush. I think he's, he has the best explanation out there in terms of like, where did glyphosate come from? What's the story behind it? How did it get into our system, our food supply? And also, what can we do about it? I have also um, an angle on that as well. So one of the things I want people to understand about this is that our food supply, organic, conventional, all over the board, has been widely contaminated with glyphosate through the genetic modification of our food supply. You know, I'm over here in the, the Hawaiian island of Kauai, 
And if you go all the way to the South Shore, you know, and Kauai is an interesting place because on one end of the island, on the North Shore, it's absolutely paradisical. It's, it's like, it's, it's like, unbelievable. I love it there. It's one of my I, favorite places on earth. Yes. It's, yeah, it's one of the most beautiful places on earth. But as you start to, to trek on the other side of the island, you get to the South Shore. It's very much like a barren waste wasteland comparatively speaking and, <laughs> and it's, it's really like it's actually kind of depressing when you see the contrast and one of the things you'll notice is that on the right side of the road as you go towards the end there is basically um a genetic modified genetically modified um crop basically growing corn gmo corn and stuff and the energy there is it's like the energy of death Actually, that one particular area, like I just tuned in I, when I'm driving by, it was like, it was like, oh God, it like feels like death here, and it, it literally is like the the land has been desolated, and there's a mass there's a mass um, glyphosate contamination on that particular side of the island, and um, just tons of experiments going on. So. What it's we amazing know- that's allowed to happen. I, I thought that Kauai or Hawaii had. Uh, I think they had some referendum trying to outlaw GMOs, but they yeah. apparently lost. Yeah, well, this is this speaks to the the like just the insanity of our whole political system. You know, when you look at the word politics, it really it really comes down to politics, which is like more than one ticks, right? And that's kind of that's the situation we're dealing with. Like when it comes to, I mean, that like Zach Bush again really gives a great explanation on on that particular side of things as well, which I won't go into, but there's a crazy amount of policies and turning over and returning is, is glyphosate a contaminant or is it a carcinogen? Is it the, you know, it's just like this never ending political malarkey. So we just go by, by bypass that and go right to the research, right to the evidence And the evidence is showing us that up to 75% of our overall food supply is contaminated with glyphosate. So this is a particular subject that is near and dear to my heart because I realize that this is unavoidable. It's like radiation, like we are not getting out of this that we know of. However, now we need to look at what can we do about it. One of the things about glyphosate, which I I think probably intuitively why I went on a little bit of a rant earlier about sterilization and antibiotics is that glyphosate and, and Monsanto's Roundup Ready herbicide that that is basically a biocide right and what a biocide is is it's a it's a compound that is designed to kill anything that is not genetically modified this is such a, i mean this is almost disturbing when you really look at it but that's what a biocide is it's a biological anything with side like like rodenticide insecticide herbicide fungicide they're basically it's like a homicide. It's like a homicidal, or it's a, it's a killing agent for that particular um, that particular thing. And so, a biocide basically means that it's a it's a biological killer. And this is also why I don't want to go on too much of a rant here, but this is also why it's so important again that we focus in on the microbiome. One of the things we do know about glyphosate in rat studies is that it has been shown to absolutely damage the microvilli of the small intestine. And the microvilli are the finger-like protrusions that protrude from the intestinal lining and pull in nutrients into the body. One thing I realized in this research is that so many of the challenges people are facing in their, their health or malabsorption issues. You know, they're not able yes. to, to absorb their amino, the amino acids from their protein there. So it gets stored in their kidneys and they can't properly digest or eliminate, um, you know, mineral deficiencies. Glyphosate actually chelates minerals from the body. Yes. Um, you know, there's, there's actually an endless amount of things that we could talk about. For example, the cytochrome P450 um, detoxification pathway, phase one, phase two, phase three detoxification, and that having to do with the, the aromatization and inhibition of good hormones. Basically, what aromatization is, is, is where certain hormones like our testosterone or progesterone gets 
converted into bad forms of estrogen. And we, we call that estrogen dominance. A lot of that just has to do with the xenoestrogen pollution in our environment. And the, the, the cytochrome P450 um, detox pathway is just one of, the, one of the ways that our body protects itself and detoxes these compounds. We know glyphosate messes that up. Um, the, the shikimate pathway, which is an interesting thing, and has a lot to do with our dopamine um, our dopamine production in the adrenals. And just a side note, one thing we, we're starting to see with glyphosate contamination is its correlation with um, you know, uh, um, uh, Parkinson's, Parkinson's and MS. And what's that about? Well, it's a, a, lot, a lot of it is a dopamine disturbance. And the dopamine is actually one of the main, one of the main, um, uh, one of the main compounds that supports in the myelination of our nervous system and the deconstruction of the myelin sheath, which is what coats the nerves um, from oxidizing and unraveling. Essentially, um, dopamine has a lot to do with that. And when that whole process gets disturbed, people's motor function they start having trembling, and they, the, their speech patterns start to fragment, and they they start to lose motor function in the the stability. Of their, of their nervous system and their body. And we've definitely seen um, glyphosate has a huge correlation with that too. So all that to say that this is a major epidemic and it's a silent epidemic and there are solutions. I'm very happy to say on the end of this, this that there are actually solutions. Yes, is it in our environment? Absolutely. But what can we do about it? Yeah. Let's talk about that because, you know, I've had Stephanie, Dr. Stephanie Seneff on the podcast before talking about how to detox glyphosate. And I was researching it before the podcast and there's really not a lot of information or solutions out there, how to detox glyphosate. So that's why I wanted to have you on the show to talk about what you've discovered. So let's talk about what detox products you've come across that have been shown to safely and effectively remove glyphosate from the body so we can improve our microbiome. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, this, is, this has become one of my favorite things to talk about, particularly because for a while, I actually avoided st getting deeper into this issue because I wasn't aware of any solution to it other than, you know, like eat organic or, or do our activated charcoal or, or chelation therapy or just kind of traditional um, detoxing. That was kind of like the only answer. But um, there was a product that came on my radar a little while ago that really um, showed a lot of potential. It, it was actually a conversation that I heard through um, Jeffrey Smith and another individual, Dave Sandoval. Jeffrey Smith, of course, is the founder of the Institute for Responsible Technology and the lead anti-GMO advocate um, behind, behind the movement, largely, the movement of what it's become and the awareness around it. And I heard a conversation they had um, a while back and it was basically about a product called the Biome Medic. And it's basically like a medic for your, for your microbiome. Um, if you don't mind, I, I have a, a bottle of it right here just to show people what that looks like. And basically, um, what I discovered, and I'm not saying this is the only thing out there. I'm saying this is what I came across and what I personally have been inspired to share with all my clients and people that I talk to. Basically, what inspired me is that I heard that there was a preclinical double-blind placebo-controlled study that was conducted to test the efficacy of this particular product. And um, basically, what they did is they took a group, of, I believe, of eight people. It's a preclinical study, a small study, um, to just gauge, like, okay, we, our theory is that this is an effective model to um, essentially detox glyphosate from the body as the basic premise they're working with, right? We want to see, obviously, the, the efficacy of this in real time. So what they did is they took this group of individuals. They, they were all coming from a standard American diet. So that was just like a, probably a 100% GMO type of diet. They insisted that they did not change the diet. They wanted to really see like, okay, how effective is this on its own? What are the test results that we can derive? Within six weeks, what they found out through testing them before and then testing them after is on average, they were able to see a 74% reduction in glyphosate independent of the diet that they were on. Now that to me was like, 
I mean, I, I listened to that. I was like, whoa, that has to be a mistake. That doesn't even make sense to me. And through digging into it and looking at the ingredients and really, really getting an understanding of the mechanisms behind what was happening, it started to make me understand this, this whole process a little bit more. One of the other things they came through that came through in that research study is that there was a 75% in CRP, C-reactive protein. Now, they weren't going for that. That was a complete surprise to them. And what that indicated that there was a direct connection between the microbiome, the in in heart in heart disease cardiovascular health because crp is one of the main biomarkers for um heart disease or degenerative um heart conditions um also there's there's homocysteine which is a whole different subject but c-reactive protein is one of the main biomarkers and in one of the things that i had looked at too is this whole thing with root canals and the 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 correlation that heart disease has a lot to do with bacterial infections of the oral cavity. By the way, your microbiome is also in your oral cavity. I forgot to mention that. Um, and what they found out is that the majority of people, we're talking about 96 to 97% of people that have had heart disease of some form or another also had root canals. So I thought that that was an interesting thing to point out. And so there's a direct connection to the microbiome and glyphosate contamination in particular in cardiovascular health, which makes all the sense in the world. Now, the other thing that they found out in this study is that they were able to help people regenerate the microvilli in the small intestine. Remember, I talked a little bit earlier about the microvilli being damaged by glyphosate. Well, there's a particular ingredient in this formula that was figured out um, figured out i don't know how many how how long ago um pre predating the the linus pauling nobel prize for synthetic vitamin c um that actually there's there's a comp there's a there's an ingredient called fractionated wheat germ extract that helps to rebuild the microvilli in rat studies but they found but we're finding out that that it has the same effect in human beings so anyways I came across this particular product and this whole research study they did. Now, obviously, we knew we're going to do, they're going to do, I'm part, I work with the company now, so we're going to be doing much bigger studies to really in a much broader scale, but very, very exciting, um, exciting uh, discoveries nonetheless. Yeah, that's amazing that this product can be so effective in removing glyphosate because there's really not a lot of products out there, if any, that are able to, to have studies that show that they absorb glyphosate. And it's the, one of the number one toxins that is in people's bodies. So they, that people need to wake up and pay attention to this because it's destroying their health, that foundational microbiome that they need for their hormones to work, for their immune system to work, for, for everything. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, um, about liquidarianism. Liquidarianism. <laughs> That's hard to say because I've, I've heard you speak about the future of nutrition. And even our last podcast, you mentioned briefly the concept of liquidarianism, yeah. uh, meaning consuming the majority of your food in a liquid form. Um, so I'm curious what your perspectives are on the future of food and um and you know just what your thoughts are on that that's that's amazing question I, I love that one um and i also want to say maybe we'll provide a link or something that people can um get more information on the biomedic in particular they can learn more about it and um, get that for themselves um i don't want to leave people hanging on that and um but anyways yeah so the future of nutrition. See, this is something I've been meditating on for at least 10 years because when I got into this field, I got in through the way of raw living food and what comes along with that particular community and that way of eating is a philosophy rooted in spirituality. It's rooted in metaphysics. It's rooted in detoxification. That's one of the greatest things about the raw food movement is that it really is about detoxing and cleansing and rebooting the body and, and dislodging all these these chemicals and and all the the stuff that that builds up in the body and that's what I love about raw food it's it's the ultimate cleansing type of diet not necessarily the best thing to do over a lifetime but um, definitely the best way to cleanse your body very quickly 
And so that's how I got into it. But then eventually I got into this idea of superfood nutrition and tonic herbalism and started studying the, the Taoist masters in, in the Chinese medicine and trying to trace back in Ayurveda as well and tracing back not just modern Chinese medicine, because Chinese medicine as we know it today, traditional TCM, is not what Chinese medicine or Taoist herbalism actually was. It's more of a modernized, scientifically adopted model of, um, of Chinese, Chinese medicine. But what Chinese medicine originally was, was an organ, it's wild food intuition, basically where your, your nutrition is organized based on an intuitive read of what the natural herbs and foods in your given environment are. Now, because we're so disconnected from our natural environment, people can't make heads of tails of like, you know, going into like, you know, foraging in a, in a forest or something. Like you really have to get educated on that kind of thing. But in most people, that's not necessarily their journey. But what's been, what's been provided to us is through our, our accessibility to pretty much everything, we can actually get on board with all the greatest superfoods, we can get on board with the greatest tonic herbs and medicinal herbs that you know the the pharaohs and the avatars and the emperors and the sages. Um, they didn't have access to all of this. They didn't have it like they could just go online or go to a website or go to a store and actually start doing things like reishi mushroom and spirulina and ashwagandha and uh, chlorella and all these things we actually take for granted how how much abundance we have at our fingertip and so because i recognize that i realize that i should probably saturate myself early on with all this i want to see what's going to happen if i saturate myself with living foods i saturate myself with superfoods in the form of like $50 smoothies. No joke. Like I was literally putting in aloe vera gel <laughs> and then like spirulina and chlorella and blue green algae and marine phytoplankton. I'm doing a bottle of marine phytoplankton from Oceans Alive and, and you know, cacao and maca and, and hemp seeds and, and, and all that kind of stuff. That's how I got into it. And what, what started to happen to my body is that I started something changed metabolically where I stopped needing physical food. I stopped needing to actually eat for, for satiation or eat for nourishment because my body was getting saturated with nutrients that it had never had before just from like whole foods. Um, and one of the things that's important to talk about here is that our entire food supply is incredibly deficient. You know, we, we talk about these kind of things and um, we hear about this, but the reality is, and also with the contamination of glyphosate is one of the, one of the focuses here, our entire agricultural food supply is, it's, it's almost hard to articulate it, but it's basically not adequate for real nourishment. So what we have to start thinking about is, okay, we need to think of alternative sources of nutrition. We need to think of alternative sources of nourishment because that whole program, like just eat real food or, or whole foods, that's, that's going to be great to get our macronutrients, our fats, proteins, our carbohydrates, maybe our fiber, but the 80 plus minerals that we need, the trace minerals that we need, the polysaccharides, the prebiotics and probiotics, and um, you know, the, um, the omega-3 fatty acids and um, different things of that nature that turn on gene expressions that activate dormant genetic blueprints within our body that create a deeper level of self-healing, that create genius, that activate genius and creativity um, and things of that nature. That's not going to be possible just from basic food. I figured that out through my own experimentations. And so what we have to do is start now uh, taking our attention and start placing it on what is the highest grade nutrition, basically like what's a, what's a nutritional assurance policy. And so that comes in the form of superfood nutrition, which is basically going to be mostly in a liquid form, you know, green vegetable juicing to get all the alkalinity, to get the life force of the plant into our body, to flush out the, the acidity in the body, the inflammation, 
to, to get our to get our body in a predominantly alkaline state, get more life force into the body. Then the superfood nutrition, which basically the superfood smoothie can replace all of the the old whey protein. Um, type of idea and just upgrading our smoothie to something that's really high octane and actually covers the the building blocks of our physical body. Then we start getting into like herbal tonics, like making an herbal tea, like a yerba mate or a guayuse or a uh, you know puer or whatever your thing is, green tea, matcha, and then maybe putting in things like um, reishi mushroom or ashwagandha or any of these other really cool tonic herbs and now you're getting a medicinal effect from those because the tonic herbs are basically our traditional medicine and you can and we just modernize that maybe you put in like some coconut oil in it to make it ketogenic or you put in a little honey or some lohan guo if you don't want to do sugar i mean it's unbelievable how many options we have to entertain ourselves with this kind of stuff is there any product that in particular you like to to use to make smoothies or liquid nutrition there's a okay so there's a really amazing um there's well so i'll break it down like this if you're looking to get some amazing tonic herbs and learn about that world you can go to a website called um the company is called jing herbs i i've worked with jing herbs for many years um uh, one of the one of the owners of Jing Herbs, Dr. George Lamoureux, he's a he's a colleague and very dear friend of mine. Um, you can go to a website called LifeFoodHerbs.com. That's a private website that they made for me that I could take people directly to, and I actually have education videos that I've done on some of the herbs. So when you go to LifeFoodHerbs.com, you'll see some videos of me explaining reishi mushroom or eucomia or hoshu wu. The cordyceps, those kind of cool things. And then if you um, really into the superfood revolution, um, maybe we can provide a link um, with the with the biomedic um, in the show notes or something. Um, there's a company that I work with closely called Purium, and they provide some of the absolute highest quality, verifiably contaminant-free green superfood nutrition in the world. That's actually the company that that created the biomedic. Um, I work personally with them. I love them. They're, you know, they're, they're doing some amazing work out there in the world. Um, so, um, you know, maybe you can provide some links for that, but those are, those are the companies that I'd recommend right off the, right off the bat. Yeah. I mean, I've heard you speak really, really highly of them and I know you wouldn't get behind anything that you don't fully believe in and, you know, know the companies are super ethical and providing, you know, the, the top of the line products out there available on the market. And I know that you're, you've become so passionate about Purium and their products. Yeah. Well, one of the things I, I am really passionate about them in particular, and I'm not saying they're better than everyone else. I'm saying that there's a particular mission that I'm aligned with, with them because, you know, Jeffrey Smith, who I mentioned, he actually joined our company because of the biomedic and because our focus on on the anti-GMO movement and creating more awareness and solutions around the genetic modification of our food supply. Like, just think of like for anyone listening, I just want you to pause for a second and just think about this, the genetic modification of our food supply. Just pause on that for just a second, because this is the biggest, um, this is the biggest epidemic because food is the way we relate to life the most. It's the thing that we do most consistently. We're putting things in our mouth constantly and it's affecting our consciousness. It's affecting our body. It's affecting everything. And so the thing I love about Purium is that they've organized their entire product line and their entire mission and focus is around providing moms and fathers and educators and coaches and wellness entrepreneurs and people all around the world with opportunities to actually um, create a solution to this problem, which is the alternative form of nutrition, because we don't know where that the whole food supply and the whole agricultural reality, we don't know where that's going, but it almost looks like a ship or like a train going off the edge. And it's kind of like, all right, we need to get off that train and we need to get on a train that's going in the other direction. And, uh, you know, Purium is one vehicle that I found to be going in that direction and empowering a lot of people. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, Rodney, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, you know, informing us about the microbiome and how glyphosate is affecting it and some actual solutions 
uh, with the, the, the biomedic for reducing glyphosate in our bodies. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're absolutely welcome. It's my pleasure. Thanks for coming on. I know I went on, I, I probably went in a hundred different directions. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but Tell us where we can find you and learn more and, and you know, learn about your podcast. Cool. Yeah. So you can go to www.ronnylandis.net. That's my, my homepage with all my information and books and, and a lot of free educational material. Um, my podcast is also on that website. The podcast is called The Holistic Human Optimization Show. Wendy, you've been on, been on a guest. Um, Robert Marking's been on. Many other amazing human beings out there in the world pioneering these messages to help people really take their life into their own hands and, uh, you know, to optimize their life holistically. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. And then, um, you know, I just re reiterate, if you want to know more about, um, about this information in terms of like how to remove glyphosate and stuff, um, uh, I don't have a direct link right now, but, um, like I said, maybe, maybe we can provide that in the show. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes for sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I highly recommend Ronnie's podcast. I listen to it personally myself. You know, I, there's a handful of podcasts I listen to, and Ronnie's is one of them. I highly recommend it. I just like awesome. to speak and the consciousness aspect of the health. I think it's really nice. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to, I'm glad to know that, that I definitely listen to your podcast. So I'm glad to know that you're also listening to mine. Yeah. Well, Ronnie, thanks so much for coming on the show and everyone. Um, I'm Wendy Myers. You can learn about me at myersdetox.com. I have lots of tips and tricks on how to detox your body and I have a free download. You can go to detoxforenergy.com and download my top 10 tips to detox like a pro checklist. So that's my top 10 tips after working with thousands of clients and how to detox them. Just some simple things that you can do at home to get started detoxing your body of metals and chemicals. So thanks so much for listening and we will talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.